This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. It felt like I was in somebody else's body, where before, you know, when I say, hey, I want to throw the ball in or away or whatever it is, like, you know, I had that, I could just do it. Where now it's like, all right, you're trying to tell yourself to do it, and your body just doesn't want to listen. Did you find yourself being thankful when you actually threw a strike at that time? Of course. You know, I, I mean, that was unusual. People make fun of it, and I'll laugh about it now. But I mean, not even a strike. I just hope the catcher was going to catch it, and I mean it. Oh. That is Rick Ankiel. Yeah. He's now 39 years old. One of the most interesting. He's got a. Do we got a 30-30 on him? I don't know, but why don't we have they, a 30-30 there needs to be on one. Yeah. Be one, yeah. That was him on Real Sports That's with Brian Gumble really. last year. Yes, so. he. Uh, he uh, comes from Florida, kid. He debuted in 1999, so he was 20. Uh, might have been 19, in fact. His birthday is, uh, no, he was 20 years old when he debuted for the Cardinals. Uh, they pitched him in the playoffs right away. Gave Against him a the start, Braves. Right? Yep. Against the Braves. Uh, and all of a sudden, he was, he was, uh, he was, he was Shohei Otani before yes. Shohei Otani, left-handed pitcher, threw threw bullets and could hit, and it was going to be two ways. Playing all, in the heartbeat of baseball in yeah, St. St. Louis, Louis, man. They loved him, man, and all of a sudden, he got that, it in the head and couldn't throw that straight. That LDS game, I, I'll never forget it, against, yeah. against the Braves where he threw they gave it was like five or six wild pitches in that one yeah, inning. Yeah, they I gave think. him the start, and it was done. He was, uh, you know, the Twins had that with that Wimmers kid. Mm-hmm. And who'd been fine all through spring training, walked a couple of This was when he was sent to minor league spring training, walked a couple of guys at his last spring training game, and the first time he got behind a plate, he, like, couldn't throw a strike. And that took him a year and a half to get over. Didn't that happen to happen to Mark Wohlers, too, didn't it? To some degree, yeah. The most famous guy is Steve Blass from Pittsburgh, who was a great, great pitcher for the Pirates when they were terrific and ended up being an announcer. He never... Once he never did figure out how to throw strikes again, and mm. he ended up becoming an announcer. He was like their twenty-one-year-old ace of a great team, and a couple of years later, he showed up and couldn't hit the batting cage. I'm unfamiliar with the name. When did he Steve come up Blass, with Pittsburgh? B L A S S. You'd have to look up. Like seventies? Yeah, seventy, seventy-one. Okay. Was he on the team that won it in seventy? Probably was on the team that won it in seventy. He's still in their announcing booth, I think. Okay. Because uh, they, out of sympathy, they made him an announcer. But Rick and here's the here's why Rick and Keel is the sports person of the day. He's 39. He's the father of two. He must have recently seen the movie The Rookie, uh, which uh, Dennis Quaid in 2002 playing the real life character Jimmy Morse, a left handed uh, pitcher who was coaching high school baseball, right mm-hmm. and uh, Ended up making comeback and he ended up pitching 15 innings in the big leagues. Well, he must have got this because five years into his retirement and 14 years since he threw his last competitive pitch, 
and Keel is considering a return to professional baseball as a pitcher. He was in Louisville, Kentucky Wednesday night. There's a tournament down there called the the Bluegrass World Series, and I think uh, big leaguers kind of put all-star teams together. They're amateurs. But this tournament had Chipper Jones, Johnny Damon, Jack Peavy, and Roy Oswald. Holy cow. So, <laughs> Ankiel was on this team. and But Ankiel was there pitching. His wife, Lori, was there. Their two boys were there. It is the rookie, right? That's awesome. have Two boys. Yeah. And uh, watch from the stands at Louisville Slugger Field, summer home of the Bluegrass World Series. Ankiel had already had two hits and driven in four runs when he went out to the mound and uh, and started the pitching and uh, threw it well. And he said he's considering a comeback. I got to think Mike Vex on the phone today, don't you? <laughs> oh, how great would <laughs> yeah, that be? Mike that would Vec. be pretty cool. I would think Mike Vex on the phone. They got a month to help us with our drive for the American Association pennant. Uh, but Ann Keel, he's uh, 39 now and uh, seems to be fairly good-natured about the fact that he yeah. went nuts. But what a career. And I, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but one of the most impressive things I've seen on a baseball field was he was playing outfield for, I don't know if it was the Cardinals or the Royal, whoever he was playing for, but the they Braves, were in maybe. San Diego. And his throw to third base from the right center field wall on a one, it was one of the most impressive outfield throws okay. I've ever seen who, in my life. Who was he with? Kansas City when he hit two here in one game. I think it might two have been bombs at Target well, Field. Had, might have been the first year. He, it might have been. He had, he had one year where he hit like 25, 26 yeah. home runs. I yeah. think he was. Was he with the Braves? Maybe he, when he, he did that. You know what? Or? He was striking out before it was fashionable. <laughs> That's where they got rid of him. Too bad he didn't stick around. But he hit. I think he hit two here in Target Field one night, and they were. And on a day game, as I recall, and they were bombs. He just absolutely killed them. Maybe 2011, something like that. So he uh, hit 25 home runs in 2008. With he was still with the Cardinals. Okay. 2008, How about 2011? 2011. He, he, this was in Target Field. I remember him hitting. 2011. When was he, with he was Kansas with Kansas City. He Wasn't was with, he with Kansas City? He's with Kansas City in 2010. Okay, 2010. So that might have been when it was. Target Field. He was with the Nationals First in 2011. First year Target Field, he had two. I, I swear to God, he had two in one game. If I'm right about this, <laughs> I'm not going to go to memory care for a while. Okay, <laughs> if I'm right about this, I'm not going to go. Rick Ankeel is our sports person of the day. Fantastic. One other note that has me very distressed one of my heroes of radio was Art Bell. Oh, yeah. I loved Art Bell. If you were in the car at night, uh, listening to Art, convince people that uh, we had aliens and all kinds of good stuff. He's the guy that got <laughs> poor Bob Davis to drive around the country before the millennium ended and the world was going to end. But uh, this is the theme. This is Art. Coast to Coast with Art Bell on AM 1500. Kenny, did you see this about poor old Art? Art died no. oh. April 13th, 2018. Uh, the coroner's report came out uh, just this week. A prescription drug cocktail of oxycodone, hydrocodone, Valium, and a mux- muscle relaxant were found in Bell's system. Hydro is uh, Vicodin. 
Okay. Well, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. Uh, so they said was... it was an accidental overdose, but... Ooh, uh, that's kind of like a hat trick. You know, I suppose when you've stayed up at night yeah. for a thousand years, you might need something to help you sleep. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's really uh, sad. That is. Because uh, he always seems so calm. Yeah. Maybe well, he was in there smoking reefers. Maybe well, that's all of those are narcotics that make you very calm. <laughs> So, <laughs> the point, I don't think he needed relief. Unfortunately, they made Art as calm as you can get. He uh, passed away from this accidental overdose. I loved Art. Yeah, he was fun. All right, the hell with you two guys. I don't have to take your guff anymore. April 17th. 2010. So we're early in Target Field's history, right? Okay. Uh, Rick and Keel, two for four, two home runs, three RBI. Wow. Look at you. Mm -hmm. Wow. For the Royals. Steel trap of a mind. Right here. Yet a half an hour ago, he didn't know where Eric Decker was drafted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a little better on Twins lore. Yes, you are. I'm not going to question you on that. You are right. That's true. And how can we, I mean, it's, it's tough. To separate Twins dysfunction in, in Target Field's history. Well, that was the only... It, that's true, that's the one that's year. the only non-dysfunctional <laughs> right. year. That's what caused everybody to ask me in the following March, can we beat the Yankees this year? We can't even beat the White Sox, for God's sake. <laughs> All right, we got a new... Uh, let's call it for what it is. Gimmick. <laughs> Some people would say bit mm-hmm. segment we'll call it a gimmick and i was talking to the program director and this came to me as if from uh from outer space uh <laughs> here's what we, we, we i wanted to get manny and uh reavers more involved and i said it's time to have them give me some forceful opinions and then i can tell them why they are wrong so this is the first and Hopefully not the last. Why you're wrong segment. We'll start with the guy most likely to be wrong, Reavers. <laughs> All right. I was looking for a soundbite to, pl- okay, to play well, that. I'm sorry. No, here we go. Uh, okay. So you're going to tell me why I'm wrong. Yes. All tell right. you why you're wrong. And there's an outside chance. You're going to be right, and then we'll agree but that on that doesn't matter, because that's what makes Sports Talk Radio the fun. The emphasis is hoping you're wrong, but maybe you won't be. You know, um, I am a lifelong, diehard Viking fan slash follower. Yes. And I have been programmed to always expect the worst when I'm supposed to be expecting something great. And I don't know what it is. I think it stems a little bit on our offensive line discussion yesterday. I got a feeling that, and you know what else factors into this decision? Matthew Collar, I don't know if he said it on our show or if he said it with Mackie and Judd, said that no team that had a 13-win season and didn't have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback never repeated that same season the following year. I don't know why I got a bad feeling about the Vikings this year. I'm not saying it's going to be a collapse. I still think they'll be a playoff team, but with the revenge on the so, Green Bay Packers' mind, the return of Aaron Rodgers, I don't think they're going to win the division. So what's oh? So mm. this is a 
This is, uh, and I truly it's, do. It's I truly do think that this I'm not making opinion. this up. Yeah, yeah I, I know. Okay. I think the Packers are going to win the division. I, tonight. Uh, I, I think you are wrong in this case because the Packers already have guys getting hurt. The Packers have a much thinner roster than the Vikings everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere across the well, maybe not across the offensive line. Everywhere else, they are thin. They've already lost one of their linebackers. They don't. They got a terrible collection of linebackers. They lost one of their starters. They're back up now. The guy they're going to have to play is a third-round draft choice. Third-rounders are iffy-iffy. And uh, I don't think the Packers... I, I was going to say, my, my next time we do hot takes or something... My hot take is the Packers and the New England Patriots, neither of them will make the playoffs. Holy cow! This is collapse year. This wow. is collapse year for the Packers. Oh, my. That's a scolding hot sports take. Even with Rodgers, the Packers are not going to be good. The What the Packers have going for them is they're in the same division as the Bears and the Lions. The Lions had that... that as a as a lifelong observer of the Lions, <laughs> once in a while they blip upward, but to play in a wild when, card game, blip upward a little bit. But when push comes to shove, they're still the Lions and they suck. The Lions uh, are kind of like the, the professional version of Gopher football. Yes, where once, they are. They're once every pee, 10, 12 years, they'll pop up, up and get have to a go nice to the Citrus Bowl, and uh, <laughs> the Lions. You know what have they won? They've won. Have they? Did they win a playoff game recently? I don't because no. They haven't won a playoff have game they since they play- beat Dallas in '92, and that's the only playoff game they've won. They since went to 19. the NFC Championship. That's the only that playoff yeah. game they've won since 1957 or eight. Here's the other like reason that. I'm saying that: the, look at the past championship game losers, especially in the NFC. Arizona a couple of years ago. There's a there's a but, bit of a drop. But off. here's I, here's why you're wrong. This team is loaded. They are. They have the number one defense. Okay, let's say they become the number eight defense, and they got weapons. And if Dalvin Cook is as good as everybody says he is, I think, I think they win eleven, and the and the uh, they. I'm not saying they're going to sweep the Packers, but I I, I think the Packers are going to be eight and eight. When you watched that game, because they're they, actually they just replayed the Anthony Barr hit on Rodgers because they had a rule change in there. But when going into that game, remember the Vikings were three and two, and I think the Packers might have had the same record. The Packers were four and one. Is that what it was? Okay, yeah. and then so yeah, so the Vikings won, and they were both four and two, and obviously their seasons went in completely opposite directions, but. The Vikings were kind of going into that game thinking, all right, if we can hold our own here. But the Packers were the better team going into that game. And the Vikings, obviously, the, the Rodgers injury led a lot to their success. And- but, but, but the Packers' defense became horrible. Right. And they've they've tried to boost it with draft choice. They got a bunch of guys in the secondary playing who are going to be rookie. They got young guys playing in the secondary. They only got a couple of, of, of veteran guys. But you have they to admit, Rodgers is good enough to cover up a oh, lot of that is. thing. He is, but I, I think the Vikings win the division and they win it easy. I think they, they go 11 or 12. They're just loaded. This is the most loaded team. Well, this is a better balanced team than 98, but I wouldn't put them in the same class because they're not going to score 35 points a game. But they're this is the best team in 20 years, no doubt about it. And I think better than the 2009 team, I think. The 2009 team, let's face it, we don't know where that team was going if the idiot uh, 
49ers cover the guy in the back. It wasn't it the four. Yes, it was yeah. 49ers. Yeah. Greg Greg Lewis. Lewis. They were they stunk against Cleveland. Well, in the remember, they, remember remember the Baltimore game too that year yeah. at home where yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name the Stephen Hauschka. Yeah, he missed the field goal at the end that would have won it for yeah. the Ravens. That team was uh, that team was now. I'll say one thing. They were remindful of the 1987 Minnesota Twins. They played their arse off in the postseason. That team, they they played oh, their best football the in the postseason. They played their best they football. They destroyed in the, the Cowboys in that game. And then they outplayed New Orleans. But I, it's the best team since 98. I, I think you're wrong. Not because you're Reavers, but it is. <laughs> and I think you make a reasonable point. I, I just think they're going to be really good. Yeah. And I like okay, Cousins. Thank you. I like Cousins. I mean, I think Cousins top eight, nine quarterback. I really mm-hmm. think they're going to get off to a slow start, though, just with okay. all the new factors. And well, whatever. I anyway, hope but... so, just to see Zim get irritated. Oh, let's be fun. face it. It's not fun let's unless he's irritated. Zim's got the yeah. RA. It's not really fun. You yeah. like to see Zim mad. Okay, Manny Hill. What is your opinion that I'm going to tell you you're wrong about? Well, I, you guys know I love my guy, Eddie Escobar. Yes. And even though he's no longer a member of the Minnesota Twins. And, and my thought is this. I think he's going to be back here next year. I think the Twins are going to resign him and bring him back in the offseason, and he's going to be the third baseman next year. Because hmm. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the current guy that's sitting back there now at third base, that uh, he's going to be in the right shape is, to be in that position. That rarely happens. And, of course, this is a completely different administration. It did happen here once, Aguilera. Mm-hmm. When they, that's the only time I can really think of them bringing a guy back after they traded him. Uh, and they brought him back to be a starting pitcher. You know why he came back here? He wanted to be a starting pitcher so he could play golf. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're a reliever, you can't play golf. Right. And then that didn't work out, and he became a closer again. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I think, uh, you know, it depends. It, a lot of it depends on how he plays in Arizona and if the market, if if all of a sudden there's a really good market for him. The market for, the need for him is probably greater here than it is anywhere. Almost, well, right? especially in Arizona, because yeah. the reason they got him was Lamb got hurt. Yeah, who's their starting and, third baseman? But race I mean, now just around, okay, Atlanta or somebody. Like, if he wanted to go to Florida, you're not going to go to either of those teams because they don't pay. So uh, if he wanted to go, because he lives in Florida now, and that's but, that's the reason why I think he's going to be back because I think he, I think he really liked it here. I think the fans love. Him. I mean, the fans have no mm-hmm. bearing on whether or not he's going to come back, but. I think he was very comfortable here, and I think he really enjoyed his time here. And I, I could see them paying him, you know, giving him three and yep. thirty-four or something like that to come back here. I don't think it's out base. of the question, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're wrong. That that's it. Why you're wrong? Okay, thank you. We'll have to see if it's. Uh, yeah, I think that's our soundbite for it. Okay, rattle yeah. saying okay. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Yes. <laughs> All righty. Well, we'll see if that ever comes back again. But that was. Fun. Here's Johnny Height with a sports update. <laughs> this update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, and zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. 
Uh, the Twins will be back at it tomorrow night at Target Field. They open up a three-game weekend series against the Royals. Other games today, Tampa Bay beat the Angels 4-2. St. Louis edged Colorado, walk-off base hit 3-2. The final there, White Sox beat Kansas City 6-4. to uh, Lance Lynn, Twins traded him, of course, and uh, he now has a starting spot again. The Yankees say they will take Sonny Gray out of their rotation, and Lynn will join the rotation. The Lynx back at it after the WNBA All-Star break. They have a stretch of games kicking off tonight against the Sparks in Los Angeles. They're in Seattle tomorrow night, Sunday back at home against Atlanta, then play Chicago on the road Tuesday. They better let Lindsay play 15, 16 minutes tonight if she's skipping a trip to Italy <laughs> to play for this team. The playoff chase is tight. The Lynx are currently third, four games behind Seattle, but only a game and a half ahead of eighth place Dallas, who's holding on to the final spot in the, the Sparks playoffs. are not playing that well. They're mm-hmm. kind of like the uh, Lynx. They aren't playing up to their full potential. The uh, Gopher, as Patrick just said, their women's basketball team has announced they're heading to Italy later this month, but the coach won't be going with them. Did you hear what Mackey was talking about today, about this league, this five-on-five league that they got? Jim Erfordad has a team. and uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. There's how they finish these games? Mm-mm. Uh, when there's four minutes to go, oh yeah, I, I did. See I this. think this is pretty good. Yeah. When there's the next stoppage in play, you add, you stop the game, you turn off the clock, and you play to let let's say the score is a hundred to ninety. Mm-hmm. You play to a hundred and seven. In other words, they add seven points to the highest point total, huh. and you play that way, which it. Cuts down on the fouling at the you know you wait don't, a minute wait a minute wait so, you don't okay you, start it's over it's hundred and ninety oh there's okay. four minutes to go somebody throws the ball out of bounds okay you s- turn off the clock clock's over but mm-hmm. and you're playing to hundred and seven regardless of so what, how long it takes so this takes away yeah. the incentive to foul you know you can't you, you foul don't want to give away put them at the line sure. yeah. and it uh, it hmm. you know you you got the twenty you still got the twenty four second clock obviously yep. But uh, how do they determine what the what the total point total would well, be? Well, they add seven, seven to so it's seven regardless. Highest, so if add it's, seven wherever the highest point total is. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah, and huh. and and then those guys. This is not coming to the NBA team near you, but they could do it in the G League and see if it works, couldn't they? You know, yeah. they, they experiment. Uh, how do you yeah, handicap that though, Pat? You can't get a you can't get a pure Points line for, on that, can Points you? For, well, you gotta. I mean, Kenny, the score could be a hundred to sixty, so there wouldn't be any excitement. So there'd be nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, at least you get right away of the ridiculous fouling. Although college basketball could use it more than the NBA, because at least <laughs> at least NBA teams have the good taste to give up when they're ten it down. It with wouldn't be like forty the, seconds. To go. It wouldn't be like the, the Marshall Wichita State NCAA tournament yes. game where they had like five reviews in the final yes. thirty seconds. Yes. So if Kenny has a really crappy traffic report, I can make his next hours two minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this idea. That's what Harrigan does yeah. to me. You may as well too. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't tell me till we're mid report. Just look, gives you the no. Nope, no, he'll look nope. over you say me. Say the Twins lost yesterday. The uh, Twins lost yesterday. You're on. And here's Kenny. <laughs>
At the uh, Bridgestone Invitational today, Ian Poulter leads. He's at eight under. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Man, he's having a revival this summer. Kyle Stanley and Ricky Fowler both tied for second at seven under. Then there's a whole lot of folks with six, five, and four under, including uh, Tiger Woods. Tiger is at four under. You know what Ian Poulter likes better than golf, don't you? Uh-huh. Very expensive cars. Wow, he's got some machines. Really? Fantastic. Uh, speaking of golf, the one-on-one match between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson will take place over Thanksgiving. It's going to happen? Well, uh, this is being reported by ESPN. And the, will it be $10 million? Uh, they're saying they're not sure of what the purse actually will be. But it's huh. going to happen over Thanksgiving at Shadow Creek Golf Course yes, in Las Vegas. That's where they, uh, okay, that's uh, Steve Wynn's golf course, right? No purse has been announced, but previous reports say there will be ten million bucks at stake. Not clear if any uh, of the golfers either of the golfers will put up any of their own money in the challenge. They ought to put up a mill apiece, shouldn't they? Uh, well, you would think yeah, so. Yeah. The Thanksgiving weekend event will be either on Friday, November twenty third, or Saturday the twenty fourth, according to ESPN's report. A Westgate Las Vegas Superbook has Woods as a minus one thirty favorite over Mickelson, meaning betters would have to bet one hundred and thirty bucks to win a hundred. Okay, I can say now I won't watch it, but I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> is this a this is a one day deal, right? Yeah, this it was is, a, eighteen holes. No, that the Black Friday after Thanksgiving that'd be perfect for that, wouldn't it? Because there's yeah. not much else going on because football is played on uh, Thursday. Hopefully, everybody's out spending all their money and helping the economy. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Mickelson, when asked if the match would take place today, said it's a ridiculous amount of money. No matter how much money you have, this amount will take both of us out of our comfort. Zone. Yeah, who are you right. kidding, by the way? All I'm not right. going to watch it. Yes, you are. Hey, we have the uh, newest star of uh, Facebook uh, baseball games uh, with us when we come back. Len Perkins will cool. be with us. Glenn Perkins is with us, former twin, three-time All-Star, and future Fairball Laker. Reaver still has the offer out there for you, sir. I, how, how much is the contract? <laughs> well, Perk, I'll put it to you this way. We'll sell your beer at every one of our functions and at the ballpark. That's just going to make me too busy, then. Okay. Before, uh, Perk, before we get into uh, your Facebook performance yesterday as a broadcaster, you got the woodwork, you got the smoked meats, and you got the homemade beer. Which one are you devoting more time to now? Oh, man. Well, in the summer, it's, it's definitely not the wood shop because that's up in a hayloft. So it's probably about 100 degrees in there right now. Uh, I would have to say it's, it's the brewing. Uh, that's a good summer hobby, and uh, I enjoy that. It's uh, a good excuse to be outside and uh, cooking some stuff up and, and you know, have, have it a little bit as well. So uh, the the smoked meats thing is this something you've been doing for years, or did you get a new barbecue pit, or what are you doing there? I've been doing that for a long time. I, I got into that actually. It's, it's ironic. I, my brother got me into it. He's a vegan now, um, and uh, so he was the one that used to do it, and then got me into it, and so uh, kind of got me hooked. And I really enjoy it. It's not. I haven't done it as much lately as I'd like to, but. Uh, a lot of other stuff on my plate. Well, you're living with three women. They probably don't like to eat great big hunks of beef or pork, huh? Yeah, not huge on um, pulling meat off of ribs or, or chicken wing thing <laughs> like that. So, yeah. It, well, they're also not fans of beer, but I, I still need to find time for that. <laughs> so what, I know you're, uh, you, you, you had your beer uh, uh, for sale for a while. What are you... Is, is there a Perkins flavor you're seeking? Are there different flavors? What are you going for with the beer? 
I am trying, well, what I did was certainly, and actually we just brewed again on July 30th. It'll be at the fair. Um, and what I did was try to make an IPA. Everybody says, oh, I don't like IPA. And I know IPAs are like, like I mean, that they're, they're getting to the point of like cliche and all that they're so popular, but uh, I wanted to make one for people that, that don't typically like it, that wouldn't want to drink one, and, and try to say, hey, I, I like this, and I don't usually like IPAs. That's kind of what I was targeting, and, and I think we did it pretty well with the first one. We tweaked it a little bit for this one at the fair, so we'll see how that turns out, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, though, and, and I'll be there a few times to swing it, and uh, I think it should be good, and it, it, it's fun. It's just a fun hobby, and, and brew guys on the those are good people and fun to hang out with. So, uh, not that I care since I haven't had one since 1981, but uh, the do you make a, a hearty version of an IPA or what? No, it's uh, it's definitely not super hoppy, and it's, it's 6.5%, which is about a typical standard uh, IPA as far as alcohol. Um, so, it's, it's pretty mild, like... I mean, I want. I don't. It's not a beer that you're going to go drink ten of, but it, it's definitely something you could probably drink through the four of at the fair and be just fine. So, it's kind of what we're going for something that's not going to like knock you on your butt, but I mean, something that has some flavor and, and taste and is a little different. And as hard as it was to find something, especially with Surly, where they make so many different beers, yes, uh, we we found like a sweet spot there that, that they didn't. It was something that they didn't make, and so I think that's why. it's, you know, people have gravitated it, and Surly has as well. That it's just it's something that kind of fits a niche that they don't have. So, uh, what's uh, one little woodwork question? What is the what is the that is your father-in-law, right? The woodworker that have a hobby comes from him. Yeah, he got me kind of going on that probably ten years ago, um, and uh, it's it's just slowly grown from there. Where I, I got into it, the more you know, the more you find out. Things you want to try, and I mean, it's always fun making stuff, and especially for other people where you make something and you get to give it to them and, and see the smile on their faces. That was a, a good feeling, and uh, you know, it's, it's, I like I said, I, it's a more of a fall, winter, spring thing because it's just been too hot up in the shop right now. Hey, Perky, who uh, who recruited you to do the uh, Facebook uh, telecast yesterday? Does uh, MLB do that? Twins do that? Who did that? You know, I think that they, I think the way it works is they want uh, a guy kind of representing each team. So Jody Garrett was the Cleveland guy. I mean, it's been 15 years since he was on the Indians, but I, I think he was kind of the Cleveland guy. And then I'm sure they asked probably Morse, I would guess, Dustin Morse, you know, who, who would be a good fit. Um, and he said me, and I, I think it was a little bit, I, I don't think that they really had thought about me just because I'm so recently out of the game, but. Um, but I was appreciative. It was an awesome experience, and, and something I hope to do a little bit more in the future. Now, you know, watching some games, listening to a telecast is a. I didn't get to watch it. Is a Facebook telecast different? Do they more interchange with the players? What are they doing? Um, I think that they, so they get a. We got an interview with each manager and an interview with the player on both sides. So we did. We did uh, Tito and Molly, and then uh, kind of Jody, and, and then Scott was kind of the, the like I guess main play-by-play guy. Scott Braun, he did. They did Clevin, Steve Clevenger, and then I did Gibby, um, interviewed Gibby. So you do that, and then I think the biggest difference between the Facebook broadcast and, a, and a, uh, like a TV broadcast is that you don't go to commercial. And so I think the neat thing about it is that we got to either interact with fans during a commercial break or, or show some clips about some things, of either what's upcoming for the team or kind of what happened. Like it was, they, they framed it in a long way of, of – this is where the Indians are headed, and this is how the Twins got to where they were. 
And, uh, you know, so it, it was neat in that respect. And then also, like, if an inning ended, you could carry a thought. And it wasn't just, well, that inning's over, and now, you know, the Twins are going onto the field, we'll start all the next inning with Edwin Antonio leading off. So we got to, we kind of got to expound on some thoughts and, and just have a little bit more of, like, a free-flowing discussion. Uh, it, it's cool in, in a different way. I mean, it's definitely not a, a standard broadcast, but uh, it was unique. And, and I think, I, I, I would think if they can find a way to get more people watching it, it could be a pretty popular format. You were uh, way late last season, uh, which turned out to be your last year in, in uh, MLB. Uh, but how uh, you were around this club, how surprised are you to uh, see this uh, season turn into this much of a flop? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it had last year had a feeling of kind of where, where a lot of things went right. And, and the year before was a lot of things like everything went wrong, and that's how you lose 103 games. But last year there was a lot of things that broke, I think, in our direction. And you'd expect a little bit of like a swing back the other way, but it, it kind of went almost, almost all the way back to where I mean, this team isn't gonna. I don't even think they lose ninety, maybe in the end, maybe around there. But you know, it's not a hundred loss team. Where, where I mean, it's just everything hit the fan, and it, it, it's I'm shocked. I mean, I really am. I, I talked to Molly early in the year, uh, just a text one day, and I said, you know, they they had started out well, kind of started struggling. I just said, hey, you know, you guys. You're going to end up where you belong. This is a good team, and, and it should be a good team, and you just got to give it time. And I mean, he agreed. And, and to see where it ended up is, I don't think anybody expected that. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the things, the moves they made, you would have thought maybe they could go from 85 to 90, but everyone else gets better too. And so you think, hey, maybe they tread water. And I mean, it's a, it's a 71 team right now, and that's just not where anybody saw it going. I mean, you get, you get one break here, one break there, and, and you can win 90. And you're not, you know, when you're at 85, 86, you're not far from 90. And it just, everything kind of went pear-shaped on them. And I didn't see it coming. I mean, the way they started in Baltimore, everybody was hot. Everybody was playing well. It seemed like things were going in the right direction. It, it, they just really haven't been able to get it going since then. Uh, just from a distance, obviously, you haven't been hanging around. Uh, you think uh, you think Dozier was a happy camper to get moved? I think it was a little bit bittersweet. I think he really enjoyed his time here and kind of got ingrained in the community and with the team, uh, I think he's a guy that likes some of the attention, some of the, hey, I'm the guy, and he's definitely not going to be that in L.A. I think on the inverse of that is, is I think he's when he's not the guy, he's going to be more successful. I think he's a guy that he can blend into a lineup, and, and he's obviously a very good player. And I think when, when teams are not going into a series saying, hey, how do we get Brian Dozier out? It's, it's how do we get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy out? And maybe Dozier's the fourth or fifth guy. You're going to see a little bit more of what he's going to be able to ambush and kind of just be a guy that can fill his spot and and not kind of be the center of attention. And I, I think it's going to end up being a good thing for him. I think that he did love it here and and like the leadership uh, aspect of of being on this team. But uh, it's just I think it's going to suit him a little better just performance wise to 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 maybe not be the the first guy that teams are talking about when they come into town. Can they keep Sano this uh, serious-minded as he apparently was uh, for the last month uh, over the winter? That is the big mystery, I guess. Huh? Yeah, I mean, that that's a lot of what we talked about yesterday was trying to find a way to get Buxton healthy and, and at least some sort of consistency and then keeping Sano where he's at right now. He made a couple plays yesterday. I tell you what, I mean, that's the guy that came up. That, that yeah. you, you know, people talk about him, hey, he's fast when he gets going. He's athletic. He can move. You can do those things. You just can't do them if you're carrying an extra 20 pounds that you don't need. 
And as much as people like to harp on that, or as much as people say it's not because of that, there's always something to that. And, and I mean, any guy that's a little bit lighter is going to be more athletic and be able to move quicker. And he made a couple of really good plays yesterday that, that you haven't seen in a long time. And that's good to see. And I, I think a, a, the, the thing that gets overlooked is the shin thing from last year, the hamstring thing from this year, where some of those things hinder people. And, and as baseball players, I fell into that trap too, where it, it may not, it, it, you may not be performing as well as you can or as well as you want to. There's things holding you back that you're not going to, A, make excuses for, and, and B, that, that people don't know about. And and so I think those things can affect guys a lot more. And then it's the whole confidence thing. I mean, he's a confidence guy, and so he was struggling and, and not making contact and, and playing poorly in the field, and it kind of snowballs. You start to get one little shred of self-doubt in you, and this game will chew you up. I mean, it happens to every guy as soon as you start to doubt yourself, and there was a little bit of that, too. So hopefully he got back on the right track. I mean, I know that's what Derek and Thad had said. If you want to give him a reset, hopefully he did, because, I mean, if, if Buck doesn't come back up and do something, if Sano can't stay where he's at, it's it's going to be a long couple of years. Yeah, and the face uh, where, you know, with us, us big guys, you can always tell by the face how fat we are. And uh, his face looks more like it. Right now looks more like 2015 than it has since 2015. And you go back and look at that video. The swing is it's similar, but it's just it's just quicker uh, in in 2015 than it was when he was weighing 290 pounds or whatever it was. Yeah, he was he was pulling off. He was trying to cheat. You feel like you're everything's slowing down and and the game is speeding up. And you, you try to cheat. And I mean that's the first thing. That's when I when I would pitch, I'd look. You know, I'd watch guys hit in their first at bat on TV to see if they were trying to cheat on something or see if they had something that was nagging them that they were trying to overcompensate for. And if you found that or during an at bat, if I saw that, that's what I would exploit. And as soon as you see a guy like Snow early in the season opening up his hips early, trying to cheat to an inside pitch, uh, you, you got no chance. I mean, everything's on video now, everything's slow motion, and and you start doing that and and. Guys are good enough that, you know, you're not going to hit your spot every time, but you're going to be in that, you know, within a couple inches of where you're trying to fill the ball, and that's all it takes if, if you can exploit a weakness on a guy. And, and, you know, I think that's a little bit of what happened. Hopefully going down, he lost some weight. He got in better shape. He's probably healthier lower body-wise than he's been in a long time. And, and those are things that have to happen. You, just, you can't have success if you're swinging with your arms or if you're flying open. How long was the uh, last question? How long was the outdoor ice uh, season at the uh, Perkins uh, household? Uh, January to early April or I, the middle I, of March? <laughs> well, it, I think it lasted. I think I had some friends over when we played in early February, and then I, I actually in, in April thought about reflooding the rink. It crossed my mind like, hey, maybe I should put this stuff back in. But no, we were we were a solid. I want to say. Almost to Valentine's Day. Okay, I think we had ice. So well, I know you talked about getting the kids down. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna bring out, the so. grandkids out, and they'll give your uh, you, you give your daughter and her buddy a whooping. Those those Woodbury kids are really good. So I'm a little scared. <laughs> okay, thanks, Perk. All right, Pat. All right, uh, Glenn Perkins. Uh, we ran a little overtime there, but uh, that was fun. Uh, seems like he's enjoying life as a no, yeah. It doesn't man. really seem like he's having much he doesn't fun. Doesn't have enough to do in his life though. Woodwork, beer, meat, outdoor rink. You know. You know what he has? He has that ultimate man cave. Yep. You know, and it's he's got. A, 
He's got a knack. That he, I would never struck him as a guy who can build stuff and do stuff. I thought he'd be like most baseball I'll, players and hire some. I'll never forget the the photo he tweeted out. Uh, you were mentioning his father-in-law of the the shuffleboard table that his father-in-law built him out of hockey stick. That was so cool. <laughs> it right. was so cool. All right. We'll, uh, we may or may not be back. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> Ride with Roycey. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints. 30 seconds, Manny. What do you got? Uh, I'll be very quick with this. Johan Santana is going into yes. the Twins Hall of Fame this weekend. My only complaint is that the injuries that he had yeah. uh, during his time on, with the yeah. Mets. He that been really, a Hall of yeah, he probably would have been. He should have still bad. be on the ballot, though. My uh, baseball writing buddies screwed up by voting him off the ballot right away. Gosh, he was so good with the oh, Twins, the man. Change that, that Jim change Cox tells unreal. us he wants Randy Johnson's fastball and Johan's Change, change up, up, and he's ready to go. He doesn't need anything else. <laughs> he and Ricky no. and Keel will make a yes, comeback. Right. <laughs> uh, here's my quick daily complaint, and I love the sport. I can't believe there's a football game tonight. Uh, it's yeah. already football season. Yeah, and you can't believe that uh, after three minutes, you will never have heard of one well, player. I on understand the field. that, but there's a football game tonight. Can't my do anything God. about it. Can't do anything about That's it. That's my They're going to play. They're going to play if they want to. It'd be nice to see Lamar Jackson, though. Yeah, you get to play. Yeah, that's right. Play so you run bit. around. Uh, What's your daily complaint? My daily complaint is that Art Bell, I always thought Art had this mellow approach to life. <laughs> I didn't realize he was zonked. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Art died April 13th. He had every, every opiate known to man in him. You know, Vicodin and uh, all kinds of good stuff. We don't hear the word zonked much anymore. I love that word, (laughs) zonked. That was a good Murray County look. That guy was zonked. He was zonked. There's a lot of uh, (laughs) sloshed. You don't hear sloshed anymore. What a few Murray County terms we can use on the air. Yeah, Pickled. (laughs) When somebody's drunk, you don't hear pickled anymore, do you? He was pickled. Speaking of that, the beer show's up next. That's right. We'll get got to put Clamato in. (laughs) Yeah. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.